0: This is Jan Cox, talk number 2,523, recorded May 10th, 2000. I was having a flash driving over here, considering whether too infrequently nowadays do I push the experience of all of this. But after all this time and knowing you people, I assume that, I guess I keep assuming that you're looking after your own experience and pushing yourself. We're just driving over here. I've tried describing this once in the last year or so, but I really, I feel bad. (laughs) I regret personally. If you people are not making some sort of effort to have your own experience, such as, I just picked driving since I was thinking about it while driving over here. You're driving your car. Assume that you're either alone or you're not speaking to the other person, but you're driving your car. Ask yourself, who is driving the car? (laughs) I can't believe that you people can't do it. You can produce uh, an experience. I can't call it by any means. It is not the same as everyone, including myself, normally refers to as the experience enlightening experiences those truly extraordinary episodes that have a life of their own over which we seem to have no control over which no one to my understanding can bring on at will but you can bring on states that are absolutely in their own way extraordinary and it's not just listening to me or even listening to yourself but it is asking yourself, and I don't want to talk it to death, I always abandon it once I begin trying to do this, but there you are, your hand on the wheel and you're driving, and in a sense you know that it's you, I mean who else can it be? You've been living in this body, you feel like, for all these years, and so here you are driving, and your mind is taking into some account what's going on. But you people must know by now, your mind is not driving that car. And what you call you, what we all humans think of as us, is what's going on in your head. That is the only thing that speaks. And thus, it is the only thing that can in any way feel as though it is something. Your body in total, devoid of the mind from it, stripped of the mind does not think of itself in any way. It certainly does not think of itself as you. It's just itself. But here you are, and you're thinking all sorts of things. You're there on the highway in one particular place, you're at the corner of La Vista and Briarcliff, and how your mind could be in Panama City, in Paris. You're there, and you look down at a... You're there at that intersection, let's say, at 714, while you're thinking. Your mind can be in London, circa 1982 and this is not this is the only way I know to put the question you just ask yourself who is this driving which is a form of saying who am I this second what is it I think I am and none of these are the question but somewhere in there if you try it I can't believe as I said I hope that you people do such as this you can produce an absolutely splendid experience that makes all other secondary entertainments pale. There's nothing comparable to it. And I don't know what else to tell you, but God, it's fun. I mean, if you have fun listening to me, which I assume you do, you keep showing up, and you people out of town likewise with that Listening to me talk is nothing compared to that. And I'm not degrading listening to me talk because I enjoy it. But I enjoy that more. Well, see, I've I've got some real appreciation of me talking because, I said, I don't even tell you all the things I talk about to me. So if you find me entertaining, look at it this way. Just imagine how entertaining I find me because I do. But this is a lot more fun. Just driving. And it never... I, I've never worn it out. And I know the answers to all of this. I have no questions. But it's something I can continue to do. It's like the first time you ever smoke pot. Or the second time you ever drink booze. <laughs> first time doesn't count. <laughs> One of the other advantages of the so-called harder drugs over alcohol well let me read what I wrote or try to series 2037 page 1 from one view pertinent to the few it could be said that the origin of the dissatisfaction that fuels their special interest is their saying more than is necessary to get us going again along that path Analyzing what you think can be of passing amusement, but it will not help you get to the bottom of things other than showing you that what you think is of no consequence. What you think. Historical footnote, the mind attempting to analyze itself was the model for a room constructed entirely of mirrors. Cognitive footnote, Some mental feats are possible, but one is not, and no one studying the matter can distinguish between the two. Travel footnote, you can't get to Istanbul while trying to get there. Oh, you can reach the outskirts of town, and you can even get vague glimpses of its outline through the fog, but you'll never actually get there while you're trying to and by the way there is a very good reason for this which is that the mystical city doesn't actually exist during the times you're trying to reach it remember we're still talking about the mind or put another way when you're in a room whose walls floor and ceiling are all mirrors you can't tell that you're in such a place when your attention is held by reflections you see in the mirrors to discover where you are you must turn your attention inward and focus on what it is in you that is naturally drawn to the reflections do not let someone tell you that the mind cannot comprehend itself No. Make the needed effort so that if it is so, you'll be able to tell yourself that it is, if in fact it is. In fact. From one view, the difference between the ordinary and the few is that while everyone mentally runs around in circles... The ordinary believe that they're going in a straight line. Fun is fun, and info is info. Info's amusement, but few ever catch on. Dogs enjoy chasing their tail, but, jeez, they don't take it to be a metaphysical activity. <laughs> and one man mused, how is it possible? that I spent 50 years reading about enlightenment, talking about enlightenment, thinking about enlightenment, and claiming that I sought enlightenment without ever realizing what it's all about. And he answered his own question. It was possible because any time that you're reading, talking, or thinking about enlightenment, you can't comprehend what it's all about. And right there, he has expressed the distinction between those who try to wake up and those who get beyond the stage of trying. And one dog looked at his tail and mused, It is entertaining, but it is not very enlightening. (laughs) It's a shame the canine doesn't share our aim, or that one observation could have set him free. Seem to be a note here from the dog. arf, arf thanks be to Zeus, I see the light. Mm. I don't know how you slipped that in, but something else concerning that certain matter we're here in noting. Saying more about a matter than is necessary is what gives so many of them an undeserved sense of seriousness. So many of the matters case that didn't saying more about a matter than is necessary is what gives so many matters an undeserved sense of seriousness talk about a trifle talk enough about a trifle and it will become formidable well look what happens with men continually talking about that illusion that they call themselves so thinks a man i must be of special significance else why would I stay so on my mind? Well let's all go out and drive our cars so many of you got that and as you drive home think why is it always me driving this car? And you do understand well some of you get it that's not really the question that's where you start is why is it me driving the you know, if that was an ordinary person, of course, driving the car, they'd go, what kind of dumb question is that? What do you mean, why is it always me driving the car? Who else would it be but me? If you're never going to get it, I don't think you're ever going to get it. But see, I have hope for everyone. But see, I can't believe that all of you won't finally get it or you wouldn't put up all this shit. You You couldn't have listened to me all this time. There's got to be some possibility in you of getting it. Or as I said, I still consider that the possibility is this, that you already have gotten it, or already always had it, and you just can't believe that I don't have it. I still (laughs) like that idea. Think about the great secret workers it's called, this great mystical monastery, and this one, the head guy. And they all pay him homage when he walks by. They all kind of nod, and they treat him with respect. And he's the one guy, and if you're an outside observer, now remember, you don't have to look at this as actual monastery. Look at it as the history of the struggle for enlightenment. The whole history of it. The whole history is written about one guy in one time and one place being enlightened, being the teacher, and then these followers. Be they hundreds or ten thousand. What if it's always backwards? <laughs> but anyway, you see this monastery, and it's this one guy. They treat him. They call him the ancient sage, or they call him the enlightened one they just refer to themselves as us monks. And it turns out that he is the only one in there that's not enlightened. And all of them are. If you don't... Why, why do I keep making up these little stories? It's not just to bring up a potentially ironic situation. I'm telling you, there's profit in considering that. I'll tell you how, how potentially... Explosive that is, it could keep you from driving home. Oh, you can drive the car home, but it, it might finally free you from page five. And now to that most popular of our features that can't be true. The most worthy sounding of aims is to know yourself. The most stupid of endeavors is to try to. Yes, indeed, that can't be true. Headline, a technical fact. When machines attempt to comprehend their own operations, they experience performance alienation. Self-induced industrial work stoppage. And with ne'er a shop steward in sight. All men love to discuss theories of the truth and of lies, but few ever realize that anything said that is more than is necessary is all lies. You want that this should be placed in the that can't be true file, too? There are two possibilities. You can either be. Confused or enlightened. And when you are enlightened, there are two more possibilities. You can either be enlightened about enlightenment or as confused as to what enlightenment actually is. Isn't that scrumptious? If the goal is to find yourself, you will never do so while saying any more than is called for. If there is anything other than man's illusionary self, it is hidden behind the den of excessive speech. It is easier to be plain thinking when you are not drunk on words. Verbal descriptions are not without any value, for they may faithfully correspond to physical reality, but they never do so regarding man's internal reality. It's not enough to want to awaken. It's not enough to be told how to awaken. It's not enough for you to believe that you know how to awaken. For unless you get to the bottom of what awakening is, you'll never really get on top of it. And finally, one mystic told a man that the way to awaken is to keep your eye on the ball. And after years of trying, he returned and told the mystic that he had come to the conclusion that he didn't have a ball. And the mystic said, now you're beginning to see it. Only a man fully awake fully understands what he says. And only a man totally free is free to say whatever he wants. For those of you that were here, you know that for about a night and a half previous to this, I had mentioned the idea only relating to those trying to get to the truth of things, to the bottom of things, that from a very specific view, not just a broad-stroked attack on palaver, but a quite specific notation of the fact that you will stay dissatisfied, you will stay distracted. As long as you are saying more, and obviously to others and to yourself. But if you're saying more, then is necessary. At one time, long ago, I went to the trouble under different conditions to uh, point out that there were two forms of talk. It just comes back to mind uh, fairly simple, but it takes on added significance if you're following any of this of late. I point out that all talk could be put into one of two categories. That it's either talk for the conveyance of information or it is talk for the purpose of socialization. Uh, and they're very clear. For the purpose of the conveyance of information, it could be as simple as someone asks you what time it is, and you look at your watch and tell them it's 4.30. Or it could be as complex as a man at a convention of physicists reading his latest paper on the general field theory of everything and then attempting to convey more extemporaneously uh, his conclusions drawn from the mathematics involved that he had read in the paper. So it can be a simple direct conveyance of information or it can be a very convoluted and complex one. But quite distinct from it I would say, leave it to your own, it's easy observation that the majority of human conversation is not for that purpose. Majority of human conversation, speech is for, not just called it this, it's adequate, is for the purpose of socialization. That is the area that even ordinary people are inclined to, uh, to find offensive under specific conditions. It is there that even ordinary minds, ordinary men, have attacked the excessive and useless talk in which men commonly engage. The people just all the time just running their mouth and talking about nothing. And nowadays of course it's common to have jokes and social criticism made against about almost everyone carrying a cell phone. And everywhere you go now, staying in line in a restaurant, being in the bathroom, you know, restaurant, and someone's talking in an adjoining booth, which I can still remember, if you're not familiar with it, it's kind of frightening. <laughs> You wonder what the man in the adjoining booth... To whom is he talking? <laughs> and then you think, I don't even want a picture, I don't you know. <laughs> I <want> to get... <laughs> but at any rate, and so now, as you know, there's plenty of humorous and not so humorous comments made about, you know, people just got to talk. Just yakety-yakety-yak, and they're talking about nothing. They are not conveying, they're not talking for the purpose of conveying information They're talking for the purpose of socialization. And, of course, ordinary minds are free to criticize whatever they want to. They can't be stopped. That's part of the socializing process. When people are criticizing other people's talk, that is them engaging in socializing conversation with somebody. But, as obvious as that may be, I would direct your attention to this fact. Or to this question. Let me put it to you. That's a fact. -That's beating around the bush asking you to look at it. The excessive talk, which I say is a form of sleep. or looked at it another way. It is one of the causes. I put it to you tonight. I called it the dissatisfaction that drives people such as us, the few, the dissatisfaction of your state. I could say that from one on one model, based on one model, the origins of this dissatisfaction and it's continued, Support is by a man talking, speaking more than is called for, more than is necessary. What is the talk, especially, especially the internal talk that you're talking to yourself, apparently? Is it for the purpose of conveying information? Don't make me laugh. So what's left, according to my model? <clears throat> for the sake of socialization. It is kind of funny. All right, and other people, when I say that for the purpose of socialization, let's go back to conversations between two people, between actual persons. Uh One easy way to look at this, socialization, or why I picked the term, is it is a civilizing influence. But that is one of the general purposes of human conversation. It's one of the purposes of of useless meaningless conversation when you find yourself standing at a bus stop with a stranger or in line at the uh, grocery store. And there you are, you're kind of crowded and bunched up, and your real self, your instinctive self, uh, very rightly, especially among men, but will feel territorial. As people should be pushing against me, and plenty of men. It's not that. It's not unusual for a man, whether everybody's aware of it, that your first impulse—you have a real impulse—that somebody's in line right against you, behind you, just enough that they're periodically touching you. Uh, this is nothing strange that the impulse is turn around and to knock them away from you to physically hit them, but as we all know, uh, that is that is not the sorts of things that one does in a civilized setting. And so it is, it is also very common that you will t- turn and, care and start a conversation, that you may turn and look at the person once they touch you, and they may, can go either way, they may go acknowledging the fact that they knew they touched you, especially if it's another man, but at any rate. They may strike up a conversation immediately like, they should open another register. You know, they got this pack like sardines. And you go, yeah, that's true. The conversation was for the purpose of socialization, in a sense to defuse what could have been, you know, get the hell away from me. In fact, at that level, you wouldn't even, a man or anybody, you wouldn't even bother to add the words, get the hell away from me. You just, you know, hit them. That's what your real self in the sense of compared to your illusionary self, your mental self. And so on a a very wide, basic scale, the kind of talk that is not for the purpose of the conveyance of information, just in general, you can say it is for the purpose of civilization. It is for, when I say socialization, it is our secondary, our illusionary self, acting at the behest of our instinctive self, it's like our instinctive self is saying, get out there and do something to those people before I whip somebody's ass. (laughs) Go out there, you know, look at them and maybe just smile and say, God, you know, do something is the point. It knows how to do it because it, you know, is your father. It's the father of the illusionary self. But when I said uh, that the conversation going on when you are conversing, to use a, simile I guess or a metaphor when you're conversing with yourself when you're talking the running commentary going on in your head to look at that as being talking except you don't have another person and so we have to say you're talking to yourself Uh, I was surprised at the immediate reaction I got from some of you when I said well consider the fact that based on that model it is not the conveyance of information so what is it I will accept that some of you immediately laughed on this basis that it's. Well, there's several ways I could put it, but one way is that it's funny on this, right on the fr- surface. Of, what the hell? Why am I trying to socialize with me? What's the pro- why am I socializing with myself? Why? If we were indeed free-willed separate from our environment, to any degree, creatures. And that in some way, we are now responsible for this running commentary, which is all, of course, of two or three wheel loads of horseshit, but to carry on, you know, to deal with the model I am proposing for other purposes, ask yourself, why am I socializing with me? What could be the purpose? You're not going to attack yourself. You're not going to try to rape yourself. You're not instinctively going to do something to yourself. You're not going to engage yourself and confront yourself in some physical situation that needs to be diffused. Why socialize yourself? Plus, there are other equally as ridiculous sounding questions like, Well, why are you still socializing yourself when you're you know, 30 years old, 40, 50 years old? I mean, what's the point? If you don't know who you are but now, if you're not familiar with yourself, it's like you got something new to tell you, is this running commentary going on? It's like you're engaged in a continuing flow of stimulating, scintillating conversation with yourself, like, ooh What a brilliant conversationalist to myself I am. That's you know, what a what a brilliant voiceover I am to this commercial that I call my life. I assume you heard the sarcasm in my voice. (laughs) The point is, how can you call this conversation socializing? I mean, if you're fitting anywhere in my definition of my kind of people, you don't want to hear this shit. It's not socializing. It's anything but socializing. What could have been the original purpose? What is the intent of us talking to ourselves, as it's called, which is really a It is a gracious misnomer, and yet if I don't use that term, then I got to stop and spend about 30 seconds every time to explain what I mean. You don't go off on a real sidetrack? How is it? Well, hell, then I have to go on a, a primary <laughs> sidetrack to take us here. How is it that I can point out that the term talking to yourself is an absolutely astoundingly bad and misguided figure of speech? Now, even if you don't follow what I'm meaning, just take my word for it for the second. If I am correct, which I am, that it is... I'm searching for a synonym for egregious, but hell, it takes... I remember it took me ten years to find that one. (laughs) Plus, I don't know of one. It's egregious. (laughs) Terrible. Shitty. (laughs) Astoundingly Bad. Right, the term talking to oneself, talking to yourself, it is just horrible. The side trip I was going to take us on is ponder this. If it's true, in which somebody must have some glimpse of what I'm saying. I don't, don't make me stop and have to explain why I say that. It is just horrible. That is not what's going on and any, by any simple observation by a second-grade mystic by now. To say that you are talking to yourself. It's just laughable. It's just not true. It's an astoundingly misguided. It's an astoundingly erroneous description. You just look and you go, why would anybody say, well, that's me talking to myself. Now the question, if that be true, then why do six billion people on this planet, as soon as you say the term, if I was saying, well, you know how you, when you're talking to yourself and, Well, by the way, everybody, you know what I mean, talk to yourself. And the six billion people on this planet would look at me like, are you an idiot? (laughs) Certainly I know what you mean. You got my question, didn't you? How can something be so blatantly, if you look at it? All you got to do is just look. It's so blatantly an error. And six billion people go, oh, yeah, I know what you mean. What's going on with that? Back to the main highway. What could have been the original purpose in us talking to ourselves? Well, I don't think it would take much brain power to come up with an obvious verbal response to that. And that is, as everyone knows, there's common knowledge amongst neurologists, and it's common knowledge it should be to you, that the brain itself is engaged in much more, than simple, as we call it, consciousness of thinking, of conscious thought. That if we were dependent upon conscious thought to see us through life, to get us from your house over here in your car, you wouldn't be here probably. Now, anyone, again, that's just simple observation or simple observation to my kind of people so the brain's engaged in much more. That's why driving the car struck me, or has before, as a good example. Because driving the car, like many other things, anyway, driving the car, you are physically, Even though you're sitting down, you may be wearing seat belts and strapped in good and tight, and very little moving, but just your hand. Or if you're from Alabama and got a Camaro, your little finger. I'm not sure you people on tape get that joke especially you sophisticated people from New York. Come down here, I'll take you for a drive though. You're there driving and if we were observing, really nothing is moving but just in the wrist down, perhaps. But you do know that the brain is in charge, is engaged in all kinds of censoring, uh, censoring activity that it is this can go on and on, as you know. How much pressure you're putting on the gas, your eyes are looking up the road around the bend, you get a flash of light, and all kinds of things are going on that are not part of conscious thought about what that might be up ahead, how far it is, is traffic backed up, was that a blue light, is that a fire? Stuff that you don't even think about consciously. And while you're doing that, your hand pressure is changing because out of your, in your peripheral vision, a car is coming up, you don't even turn your head to see it. All you do is get the impression of it and simultaneously it is applying, is controlling how much pressure your foot is putting on the gas, which involves you shifting to such a degree that no one probably in the world, only some a few of your muscles know that you shifted just a little bit. When your hand turned the steering wheel a little bit and that struck you out of the peripheral vision and as you were putting a little more pressure or changing the pressure on the gas pedal it required that you shift just a little in your seat. You just shifted the weight on your buttockses, or buttockai for you Latin. <laughs> all of that's going on, as we all know. Now, this is new, and as I said, it's just common knowledge amongst well-read people, and especially common knowledge amongst neurologists and the, those in the cognitive neurosciences, at any rate. What are we aware of, though? You want to go back on a side trip? This is almost better than talking to yourself. What are we aware of about our consciousness? How come you're not laughing? That's a lot funnier than talking to yourself. And yet if I, you know, was talking to six million people again I mentioned something about Well, it's of interest if you're ever aware of your own thought process. By the way, all of you, you know what I mean about being aware of what's going on in your mind? And the six billion people again look at me like, are you a dutch? Of course we're aware. And only a few of us know, no, you're not. Of course, when you say that, they go, yes, I am. And for a moment, they are. How can you argue with that? Of course, how can you argue with yourself? I keep saying, it's an illusionary stuff you got. You think, Emma, is it illusionary? And the answer is no, because right that second it's not. No, it's not. Are you totally distracted? Are you ever aware, are you fully consciously aware of anything you're doing over some prolonged period of time? You know, like, oh, 15 seconds. Non stop. And you go, well, maybe, oh, sometimes I'm not, obviously, but oh, yeah, you know. So you don't find that challenging. You don't find that at all (laughs) out of the ordinary. And your little thoughts look down. They go, no. I think I know what you mean. Sometimes I probably not. The tension span of this electronic generation is getting sure I shut up. (laughs) Back to, if there are two forms, which I assume you can see and agree that I am not without some basis for saying that all conversation, all talk between people is either for the conveyance of information or it's for socialization. No information is being conveyed. That is not the purpose. Information gets conveyed, but that is not the purpose of you yakking. Boy, they should open up another line here. This store never has enough checkout lines. They get us packed. That's not to convey information. The guy knew it. He bumped into you. It's not conveying information. It's just not. And so you got to call it something. I call it socialization, The socializing. Back to my question. Why the original, I assume I made it po- clear for what I was pointing to when I was asking what could have been the original purpose of this running commentary the brain not only doing all these other functions, and the more complex the brain is and all the species up to us. I mean, it's an obvious they can see it that the more complex go up to the tree of the mammals, or from the reptiles, from all species, all sentient creatures go up and the brain gets more and more complex. They're handling more and more information. They can react in more and more complex ways to their environment. The running commentary in us, that the brain developed that, the original purpose had to be, wouldn't you agree? Just it's not important, but had to be the conveyance of information to a conscious level, And then you could convey it to another person, which other people are the same as us. Well, we're still talking about life. To convey that which one person has learned to another person to convey information of how to start a fire. How to bring down a dinosaur when you're almost out of bullets. (laughs) Okay, rocks. I know that there's some people who, I don't know, it's these anti-creationists that try to claim that has something to do with the fact that they don't believe that actual automatic weapons and dinosaurs existed at the same or something like that, it's either a single shot I forgot, I, I just read part of the article it had to be, would not you say the conveyance of information survival information from one person to another And then the person could remember it when it was information that if if we're going to strip away the mind again for an example, just for the moment, instinctively that which people learned, there would be things that would be hard to convey, impossible to convey. Well, I say impossible. If one person found a whole new source of water, if we're back to imaginary cartoon days, and in some way I can talk about man when he didn't have the ability to speak and still... You know, I'm having to play with reality in words. But if one man found a new source of water and he came back to his friends, it's not impossible that he could show them where it is, obviously, because he could, you know, grab them and pull them and go back there and everybody follow him. So, in that sense, his real self could do it. But look how much more efficient it is once, this, once the brain learned to speak. And it had its own... Anyway, it learned to speak to others and to itself. Then you could tell others, go down until you see a huge rock that says, uh, see Tallulah Falls, Ruby Falls, <laughs> and then take a laugh and go about... Go to get tired. And when you get really getting tired, you'll be right the place over a little hillet and there's the water. You go, huh? So it was very efficient. Plus, the guy could remind himself. After that... How much of the talk that you do to yourself? Ha-ha. How much of it is for the conveyance of information? Now that I brought the question, I guess it's only fair that I take just a shot in the dark guess. I'd say somebody's already beat me to it. Somewhere between nine and nothing. Think about what goes on in your mind. How much of it can pass... And any, by any definition, I'll leave it to you, you just got to ask yourself, it's not an argument between you and me, how much goes on in any way could be defined loosely? <laughs> loosely as a Baptist out of town. How much of it could be loosely thought of, referred to as conveyance of information? If anybody's really interested in getting verbally sophisticated, I can't resist doing this. At first blush, you might think it is, if you thought like I do, or can. I could say, well, hell, it's got to be. I could take an opposing position. I'd say so it is for the uh, purpose of conveying information. For instance, here you are talking to yourself and daydreaming about An important uh, interview you have tomorrow for a new job and it has been going on in your mind you have been thinking about that it's almost become an e-day fix for the last let's say ten days since the appointment was made since you found out that they would even interview you for this job and you've always wanted to work for that company and blah blah and so the majority of your intellectual time the running commentary the talking that you do to yourself ha ha has been focused entirely around this upcoming. You imagining what the office will look like, what you'll wear, over and over, and goes from what you'll wear to how you walk in there. Will you get there early? Will you get there late? Will you drink coffee before you go in? Now you better not. What if they? What if you drink too much coffee and then you gotta go to the bathroom? You don't be in the middle of an interview and say, "Pardon me, I gotta go for a whiz." But what if they offer me coffee? Wait a minute. But then I can't. I never feel right until I have coffee. Wait a minute. Well, let's see, I'll get up an hour early and drink coffee an hour earlier, and then I won't drink any for the hour before I get there. But well, what do I wear? Where's my brown suit? Should I get the car washed? Well, they don't know that. Well, he could look out. What if the guy is looking out the window when I drive in, and he reckon All of this goes on and on, and I could say, that is for the purpose of conveying information, because here's what you're doing. You're trying to instruct yourself in the best way to handle that interview. I guess, I guess I told me, right? Don't you wish? I not only paint myself in the corners, I make up the corners to start with. So. Getting out is nothing. But doesn't that almost sound right? I couldn't resist doing it because it crossed my mind. Because if, if an ordinary, if one of the six being was listening to this, and there was anybody out there that could do anything like I call thinking, and still wasn't a mystic. I thought, well, somebody could do that. Or I could say that. And people go, yeah. Right there is one of the purposes. Not only to convey information about where you found a new waterhole or where you left part of a dead Tyrannosaurus Rex that so they can have the leftovers. Not only that, but this running conversation is not just wasted. It's not just a bunch of bullshit going in your head because you just described a situation. Or oh, you could do it in the other... Temporal direction that you keep replaying uh, a great argument you had five years ago with your father and you hadn't spoken to him since then. And you keep replaying it. and You change a little bit and what you could have said and what he could have said. And I could say, well, hey, you know what you're doing? You're attempting, as they call it nowadays. I'll go ahead and use their word. You're attempting to work out a psychological problem. You keep redoing it and you get more familiar with it. And sometimes you keep it on and you'll kind of just slightly change your view of what happened. Your view of what happened now is not quite as aggressive toward your father as it was the day after it happened. You've been daydreaming about it off and on for the last five years. Yeah, you're right. But now you don't feel as though the episode was quite as abrasive as you did not only the day after but last week, last year. (coughs) All of it could sound all right. I say it's still socializing. It's you trying to socialize for yourself. And I ask you again, take just a quick glimpse. It's idiocy. It's the same kind of idiocy. It's to say, well, I know what you mean when you talk say about people talk to themselves. Of course, some people, some ordinary people, would want to argue that and say, well, I don't talk to myself. And I know what they would mean. Because they would probably everyone would know someone who is periodically would talk to themselves aloud. I could say all right, you think. They'll go, Oh yeah. You have thoughts all the time. Always like ordinary people you do that, if you ever notice, if you ever pull it. People will stop for a moment and usually kinda of cut their eyes just for a second they go, Well oh, yeah Like they just wanna be sure that I'm correct like well you do think well you gotta think but I, what I mean is all the time not just on a specific problem there are thoughts going through your head all the time I mean, am I right? and people go yeah that's why I keep looking for the exit off this planet like of course I don't know where I go <laughs> I think maybe I, maybe I wandered on to the wrong planet oh well, yeah yeah <laughs> it's idiocy yeah uh, not the point of me picking over ordinary people. It is the it sustains the dissatisfaction, it sustains the illusion that everyone has whatever it is, but the illusion, the feeling you have about yourself, you and everybody, including, you know, I'm me, Buddha, everybody was part of it, that starts you off. And most people still die with it. They're, well I didn't succeed. And they never look at what it is they're trying to succeed at. They never look at what is the cause of it. They hear they're total calls. They go. Well, I tell you what's wrong with you. You're asleep. Humanity's asleep. They believe they're awake. My God, people are confused. People do not know the truth. Everyone says they know the truth. Everyone has their own view of the truth, but people do not know the truth. That's why they argue. That's why they fight. That's why you're confused. There is a thing called enlightenment. You do not have to live your life confused and in ignorance. You can be enlightened. That's it. You hear it. You go, I want to be enlightened. So on your deathbed. You can say, well... Or somebody could ask, well, how do you feel about your life? Well, I did not achieve full enlightenment. But God, I'm glad I tried. I tried. I learned a lot. Maybe in another life. And they never, ever looked into the matter of, what am I doing? What is this? What's going on? Who is driving this car? And you know it's you. But if you can ask that question. Because if anybody gets the trick, the question is really is it, who is it that's asking, who is it that's driving the car? That's the trick. That's what blows it all up. That's what will give you that experience. That's what's more fun just in a few seconds than it is to be the head of a great mystical monastery and wandering around thinking I'm in the head of this and then remembering I pointed out to you all the people here could be asleep and you're, I mean awake and you're asleep. Mm-hmm. So there. Mm-hmm. Who is it that won't still awaken? Well, it's me. No, you don't get it. Ah. Uh. if you try to get it you'll have to get it well I was going to say if you try to get it you'll have to get it or else it'll drive you crazy speaking figuratively you'll just give up you'll just stop and I'll never see you again you'll just you just say, well you know, hell he got off on the wrong track I want to go where they know what they're doing <laughs> yeah, it is funny Because that's the worst place. I mean, if you actually want to get to the bottom of it, it's the worst place you could be. Yes, we know exactly. It's good you came in here. Here, take these books. Here's the first stage. It'll take you a year to get through this course, the first, but here's the first ten booklets. You think, well, finally. Now I'm on to something. If you look, if you ask yourself, "What, what am I doing? Why am I trying to do this? And not take the answer that's there. The answer is, well, I'm trying to wake up. You're just socializing with yourself. You're blowing smoke up your own ass. You understand what I'm saying? You're deceiving yourself. Ordinary people, I talk about self-deception, but then I point ordinary people don't deceive themselves. Only those trying to awaken, only somebody that's partially awake, somebody that's partially free, a little bit of freedom, only they can de- deceive themselves. You know how they do it. They get a little bit awake, and they say, "They think I'm a little bit awake." <laughs> but see, ordinary people can't deceive themselves. If you ask them, "Are you have you ever heard about people?" That, you're, it's an idea that people are not fully conscious; they're walking around in a dream. People go, "What?" They go, "Yeah, there's there's a lot of people. It's been written about. If you never heard of it, that insist that." Even though you look around people and their eyes are open and they're talking and doing business and driving cars and flying airplanes, that they're actually asleep. They're in a state of hypnosis and they're just doing this. What do you think of that? And six million people say, well, it's idiocy. You're crazy. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of." Are you sure? Well, yeah, I'm sure. Now, there's who you can go study with. But see, they're not deceived. Does anybody get it? They absolutely deny it. But people such as us, you hear about it and you go, damn. As weird as that is, damn if that ain't the truth. That's not really self-deception yet. It's only when you believe, I'm making progress. (laughs) I understand understand up to here at this point. I understand this much. You're deceiving yourself. You wouldn't carry on if you didn't do it. We all do it. But if you get to the bottom of things, then you don't deceive yourself. Are you awake? Do you know anything? Do you know anything? That's the question. Of course, I ain't, I'm not going to sit here and be stupid enough, make a fool of myself and answer that. So. Do you get it? Do you know anything? Well... Would anyone care to take it back where we started into your own head? That conversation is what goes on in your own head. How am I doing? Who are you, Ed Koch? <laughs> Outdated political humor. <laughs> but you're constantly, the conversation is based upon well, people if you're a die-hard wanna wake her up you continually to in what appears to be an internal running commentary observation checking catching oneself how am I doing and you don't stop it's nearly impossible I'm not picking on anybody I am I'm am absolutely astounded that I ever called on I'm astounded Sometimes I can't believe it, which offers another interesting possibility, but I won't, I won't go into that. <laughs> but to ask yourself, what am I doing? Because that's where the answer is. And it couldn't be, That's uh, just simple as hell, it's obvious as hell, and it's almost, literally, it's almost impossible to see. Unless you're smarter than I am, which I hope. But I could talk about, well, as you, many of you know, I could talk and write about being awake and being enlightened You know, as fast as I can write and type. And seldom repeat myself, literally, continually come up with new views of it. But to actually see what it is, it's got to be the trickiest thing in the world. It is almost impossible. And I mean for people that say, I'm enlightened, I'm... for. For people who have thousands of other people saying, he's enlightened. Yes, I am enlightened. They all agree, he's enlightened. They check with each other, am I enlightened? Yeah, you're enlightened. i he enlightened. Yeah, yeah. And it even seems to have a force. Here comes that enlightened guy with a group of enlightened followers. And people be around that and go, well, there's something there. Yeah, there's something everywhere, by the way. <laughs> I have yet to notice to bring up a metaphorical use of the black matter composing most of the universe. I've already got my view of how that fits inside of I mean neurosurgeons and other interested parties who have access there look inside the skull and they say it's a very tight fit. I say that they're mistaken. I say that there are great expanses of empty space unaccounted for just my view as a layman you're being a layman is the only profession that requires no experience or yeah. education if i'm understanding it right you just go and you just lay down don't you well i mean lay down and think about where it was like you know the nature of the brain you go and you lay down you go well i'm not an expert i didn't go to school but just from a layperson's person's view, I think so and so. This seems to be at least the one area of equality in life that well, one layman's view is as good as another's. Ask yourself, driving home, who is driving the car? I've tried it with you other ways, or out walking, anytime. I can't believe you can't bring it on or that you don't remember to try it, and if you did, If you try it enough, it is soon, it'll hit you. And I'm telling you, all of my descriptions, they just, they're horrible. I can usually, throughout the years, come up with something, some description of what I'm attempting to point to, that I find acceptable. But this is one area, that's why I keep doing, I'm not being funny. I go ask yourself, what's going on, why am I doing this, who am I? It's none of those. I can do it, and I, I know you can. But it's just, what's going on right now? And who am I? But remember, that question is tricky. Because the real question is not, who am I? It can sound like it's like, who am I right this second? Here I sit, talking, you sitting there looking at me, and I go, who am I? You know, I'm dressed up, I went through all the trouble to dress up, phone clothes, came over. Who am I sitting here right now? That's not the real question. The real question is, who is it that's asking, who am I? That's the question that's the only question that's the only thing you need to awaken that's the only thing you need to get to the bottom of everything in the universe that you can get to the bottom of it is it's not to awaken that's great but it's that goal what is it in me that wants to awaken what is it in me that thinks I'm partially awake That was what I was getting to, and I didn't speak about that. I said that there are two, possible, two possibilities for man. You can be either confused, that is asleep, or you can be enlightened. Then I said even when you're enlightened, after that there are two more possibilities. You can either be enlightened about enlightenment or be confused about what it is. And I say to you, almost all of the people that's been considered to be enlightened and awake. I suspect that they all almost all of them fall in that latter category. It may not make verbal sense to you. But there's something beyond. It is so subtle. I would cheer for anybody who says, I had the experience. I was awake. I just I was. I would cheer anybody, not just you people, if anybody tells me that. And they just give the least sign, which you can feel it. Usually emotional, if you emotionally if you've been through it. I'm just as proud as I can be, and that was the most fun they're ever gonna have in life. And they saw things that no one else. They saw things that six billion people, other people never see. If it was just this one shot deal, and most people have ever told me that and did have an experience, uh, it's, not, it's not my business. It doesn't mean anything. That's probably the end of it. Is the point. But by God. There's not an unkind word, there's not a negative you can say about it. It's, it's the most fun you can have outside the instinctive life of being alive and eating and screwing and everything else. There's just nothing like it. And it just, it would, it would change. Yeah. That concludes this talk. Be sure to visit us at JanCox.com where you can search through 3,000 talks for topics of interest or just leave us a message.